The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show. Today, you'll hear the truth in wealth building from the team at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. The truth in wealth building knowledge is brought to you every week on the Financial Focus Radio Network. Hello, everybody out there in Radio Land. Thank you for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. Uh, my name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we are partners here at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. As always, if you'd like to be part of the program, have a question, comment, you can call us. The number is 877-670-7117, or you can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Good morning, Mr. Finelli. How are you? Glad to be here. Right, as always. So uh, let's talk about the week that was, just for everybody out there listening, so this segment doesn't totally confuse you um we are having to record the uh, the show today on wednesday and so we are giving you data as of wednesday wednesday so this is a pre-recorded show uh we're giving you um week to date and year to date numbers through wednesday not through the rest of the week if if uh something happens something crazy happens on thursday and friday uh that's why wednesday might be peak rainbows and butterflies day for the start of august we shall see though in the latter half of the week yeah, so uh, let's talk about the week that was, at least through Wednesday. U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were about 1% higher. Uh, as Josh mentioned, the rainbow and butterfly trade is in full effect, and we're going to talk about that more in a second. Uh, on a year-to-date basis, after the big rally we saw in stocks in the month of July, uh, the S&P 500 is down about 12.6% year-to-date, so still in correction territory, not in a bear market, but in correction territory. Uh, international developed markets were about 1% lower through Wednesday on, on a year-to-date basis. They were 15% lower, again, that's through Wednesday. Emerging markets were up about a half a percent on a week-to-date basis through Wednesday. But on a year-to-date basis, emerging market stocks are down 18%. Uh, emerging markets are not really liking uh the Fed raising rates and the stronger dollar. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks were up about 1.4% uh, through the middle last week and on a year-to-date basis down 14%. Uh, they, were d- they were down obviously significantly more if you go back to June, uh, but have, have had a big strong rally in the month of July. Uh, the U.S. Uh, the bond market, the aggregate bond index, so think of the uh, S&P 500 of the bond world, it's still down 9.5% year-to-date, so the worst year-to-date uh, performance uh, for the aggregate bond index ever, uh, and, and that market has really had a tough time. Uh, the yield on the 10-year Treasury is 2.75%. The yield curve is still very inverted. The, yield, the bond market is absolutely saying we are going to have a recession, or the recession is, that we're currently in is going to get worse. Uh, gold is down about 2.6% year-to-date, 17.78 an ounce. And oil, uh, the dramatic outperformer, even though we've seen a sell-off, is up about 21% on a year-to-date basis. So uh, the S&P 500 hit a low for the year uh, on June 16th when it was down a little over 22% uh, for the year uh, at the time. Uh, And since then, the S&P 500 is up almost 10%, uh, which is certainly humorous. And we're going to talk about this more in the next segment. Um, But... It's very funny when you look at the economic data that continues to come out, especially that came out in July and continues to come out. Uh, S and P 500 is rallying in the face of economic data going in the wrong direction, which is is very interesting for us. Back to the bad news is good news, and that's all predicated on the belief that the Federal Reserve will throw in the towel on rate increases. Look at Fed funds futures; the market is also confirming that reality. 
the market's telling you that we that it thinks that rates are going to start getting cut in February of 2023. So if you look at the labor market, labor market is certainly starting to slow. Um, it's still strong by by historical standards, but it's going in the in the wrong direction. Uh, manufacturing is cer- certainly starting to slow. Uh, when you look at inventories, uh, uh, they're moving significantly higher. So America's biggest warehouse uh, is in San Bernardino, just east of Los Angeles, and it's now just about full. It's never been full. It's just about full uh, because retailers are starting to warn about slowing sales of clothes, electronics, furniture, and a whole assortment of other goods. We've, we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's called it's called the bullwhip effect. And uh, <laughs> you think about a bullwhip. Uh, you know, there was this massive inventory build uh, built off the back of this expectation that consumers were going to continue to be buying all of these durables. And uh, here we are. The services spend has dramatically increased, confirmed by uh, Service PMI this week. But uh, they stopped buying durable goods and switched to restaurant and travel spending. And now there's this big buildup in durable goods that needs to get unloaded. And hence, you've seen the uh, huge inventory builds at Walmarts and Target. Well, and it's not just that. We had those supply chain problems, and so yeah. there was all this perceived demand that, like you said, shifted. Uh, but, you know, all the the suppliers were still going to say, okay, we're going to meet all this demand, and, mm-hmm. and now there's this glut. And, and so that, on you know, so you think about what's going to happen. Well, probably in order for them to move that, that inventory, they're going to have to cut prices, which will be good for the inflation print if that were to happen. So, uh, but, you know, all of these things, all of these signs uh, point, point to continued slowing in the economy and the demand uh, side of the equation. Uh, continuing the Fed, to the go Fed away. seems to have looked at the loosening of financial conditions. You know, of course, mortgage rates have fallen precipitously as the tenure has dropped, and that's just the bond market telling you that they uh, believe that this recession is coming. Uh, but again, the Fed has taken this note from the loosening of the implied loosening of financial conditions and sent out a parade of Fed governors this week to try to jawbone markets and explain to them. We are indeed not we're continuing down this path. We've nowhere near tamed inflation. And they could the, have done that two weeks ago. The right? irony Absolutely. here is that markets were doing all of the heavy lifting and now it's the opposite. The Fed's gonna have to ratchet it up because the market isn't listening. And what it's gonna lead to ultimately is additional inflationary pressure and it just creates a feedback loop whereby the tightening of financial conditions has to happen. Potentially also, you know, you got the news of the big uh, spending increases that are being pushed through, which more than compensate for any degree of quantitative tightening that the Fed is doing on a monthly basis. So we're quite a bit away through earnings season. Josh, why don't you give us an update on, on second quarter earnings season? Uh, 360 companies reporting, so only 150 left, but uh, S&P 500 earnings growth 8.4%, so pretty astonishing uh, in light of you know, but again, forward guidance is all that matters. No companies are really willing to stand by their guidance at this point. The removal of guidance has been across the board. But well, it's pretty bifurcated by industry, too, yeah, right? Energy, I mean, $40 billion in net profits for the quarter amongst the integrated oil majors. It's just an astonishing amount of free cash flow being generated there. And, uh, you know, the... Those discretionaries, the con- communication services, you know, you had weakness from the from big tech, essentially, uh, which a lot of ad spend there, of course, which is the first thing to get pulled in any kind of economic weakness. But uh, earnings growth has been primarily just driven by uh, energy and healthcare. But in a lot of the calls, earnings calls, uh, you know, f- forward guidance has been. Uh, weak at best, right? We have had well, some companies... Yeah, weak, of- or they just suspend guidance altogether because no one wants to take a stand. Uh, companies that have missed on earnings have been uh, punished per- pretty dramatically over the last few weeks. Yeah, and then there's the whole, whole slew of companies that were so dependent on zero cost of capital that are really getting punished. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully you aren't holding on to these names thinking they're going to come back or or now wading into these names because uh, a lot of them are zeros if if the economy continues to get worse. So, But again, markets aren't sure that that's going to happen. So what should you be doing? Uh, we'd always say, tell you to stick with quality. You should always own quality no matter what. But now is more important that you don't chase this junk. Um, stay short in your duration both on the stock side of your portfolio and the bond side of your portfolio. And then most importantly, and this one is often overlooked, know what you own and why you own it. So many so many financial advisors don't know what they own because they outsource their money management. They don't know what they can't. If, if their clients come to them and ask them, you know, tell me about my portfolio and, and the strategy, they can't answer that question because they're outsourcing the money management. So don't 
make sure you you know what you own or the person that you so called so called managing your money knows what you own and why you own it because if that's not true uh that's a the very dangerous uh, recipe all right when we come back we're going to talk about these conflicting signals that we're getting from the market and and the, uh and the federal reserve and and what we think is ultimately going to happen uh if you want to be part of the show 877-670-7117 stick around Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Working with children, we'd love for you to be a Kids Inc. Youth Recreation Leader at Bend Park and Recreation District. Competitive pay and benefits available, including insurance, tuition scholarships for COCC and OSU Cascade students, paid time off, and recreation center passes. Choose from three or five weekday afternoon schedules with evenings, weekends, and holidays free. Learn more and schedule your interview for hiring week, August 9th through 11th at bendparksandrec.org forward slash jobs. Bend Park and Rec is an equal opportunity employer. Adult and Teen Challenge's annual Swing for Hope Charity Golf Tournament is coming up on Friday, August 12th. Enjoy a beautiful day on the greens at Eagle Crest Resort's Ridge Course while contributing to a great cause. Adult and Teen Challenge is a local nonprofit that is passionate about helping people find freedom from addiction and lasting life change and transformation. To register to play on August 12th, visit tcpny.com. And while you're online, check out the various corporate tournament sponsorship opportunities still available. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but you like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Ben Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. Ben Factory stores welcomes the Red Cross Blood drive friday august 12th from 11 to 4 so please stop by and help out also on friday the 12th the wreaths across america mobile exhibit welcomes you its mission is to teach patriotism while remembering the service and sacrifice of our nation's heroes and fun news august 13th spirit halloween is back opening early with all your spooky halloween goodies near carter's babies and kids clothing smart shoppers start at the ben factory stores south highway 97 because everyone needs an outlet connect to the financial focus radio show on our social networks facebook twitter and youtube listen to past shows get our daily market blog and keep up to date on market happenings you can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website northwestquadrantwealth.com Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Josh just did one of those e-news last week where we, uh, essentially we're going to 
recreate that uh, in this segment, what Josh talked about last week on the E! News. But if you want to get added to that list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. If you want to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. Uh, so if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get it scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988. Or you can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, this comes from By the Numbers Research. Uh, the S&P 500 gained 9.2% total return in July, uh, but remains down about 12.6% year-to-date. July's stock index, uh, July, July's performance was uh, the S&P's best monthly result since November of 2020. Uh, the, the funny thing is, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a second, is that you know that performance that we got was in the face of the economic data across the board getting materially bad. But that, that and and what Josh is is about to say is well, I mean, it just demonstrates the same argument that we made in the wake of the coronavirus crisis, which was even if you knew the news ahead of time, oh. you would not be able to accurately trade it. That wasn't what I thought you were going to say, or, but I that's mean, good too. I mean, but it proves this fallacy of being able to market time, and you know, we uh, we were. We were at this crescendo of uh, really bad calls with clients who, you know, unfortunately had some go to cash. And, you know, we were talking about the most negative sentiment we've ever seen uh, about a month ago, just off the market bottoms. And, you know, our phones have gone silent as uh, everything's good again. So uh, I don't know if anybody follows this, but the Bratton, there's this thing out there called the Bratton Report, and it um, tracks data in central Oregon for real estate and it's, it comes out every month. And so I, I looked uh, m- most recently at the data in the month of June in Ben, uh, the median home price uh, in the month of June was $722,000 last year at this time it was 640,000. The interesting thing though, in the month of June this year, there are 190,000 sales last year, there were 250,000 sales. Uh, so, um, while the price has gone up, there are certainly less sales. In Redmond, the median price this year in the month of June was 530000 Last year, it was 451000 uh, But the m- amount of sales dropped by 30%. Um, and, and so what's interesting is if you look at the data, the price went up, which is true nationally. The price year over year went up for the month of June, uh, but the number of sales declined. The funny thing is, is what what town in central oregon do you think has the highest median sales price the highest median yeah uh, you know between uh ben redmond sisters sun river lapine uh all, all the prineville hmm. what sun river or ben it right? is sun river yeah. it's one million sixty five thousand yeah which is pretty interesting it's it's but you know there were only 12 sales so yeah. when you look at that but yeah so the housing market uh, and starting to show shows uh, signs of, of slowing uh, less here in central Oregon than nationally. So um, let's talk about the conflicting signals. Like so, w- so we were just talking about you know markets are rallying in the face of bad data. The first thing, the, the first comment I guess to make about that is what Josh said in the first segment is that you know historically in, in the rally that we've had since the Great Financial Crisis. Um, Bad news has been good news for the stock market. And well, what do we mean by that? Uh, when we were getting bad economic data, what it, what it meant for the last 12 years is that the Federal Reserve would do more to support the U.S. economy and more ultimately to support the capital markets uh, because they're so intertwined now. And so that's what we're getting now is that investors believe that the Fed is going to go from tightening, which they're doing right now to deal with inflation, to easing as early as the first quarter of next year. And so markets are sort of anticipating that. Uh, we happen to believe markets are crazy, and, and this is just a, uh, a bear market rally, which if you look at bear markets throughout history, there have been unbelievably strong bear market rallies in almost every single bear market where you get this, the, the initial sell-off, then you get some sort of pause, or you get a rally and a sharp rally to the upside where money comes pouring in and stocks trade higher. That's what we wholeheartedly believe that this is because 
you know, if the if, if what is happening right now continues to happen where the wealth effect comes back into play and people feel wealthy again and the labor market's relatively strong, the inflation problem isn't going away. And the last thing this administration and the Federal Reserve wants is stagflation, is long-term high inflation. Uh, and if they let it go much longer... Uh, it, it, it could persist for a very long period of time like we saw in the 70s. And so this Federal Reserve is trying to do all of the work by job owning instead of giving the U.S. economy its medicine, which means higher rates. Like that's the only solution is to kill the demand side of the equation. And when Jerome Powell came out a week and a half ago and they raised rates by 75 basis points, but then totally changed his tune that, oh, we could, you know, we could really be pausing and it's going to be data dependent. The market read that as, oh, this guy's going to flip probably early next year, if not late. Well, and let's also acknowledge like what occurred this week, which, you know, uh, the CHIPS Act, $283 billion in new spending, another $380 billion of uh, additional spend tacked on top of that, which is almost a done deal. I mean, that alone cancels out seven or eight months worth of quantitative tightening. And so, you know, the the monetary side is not getting any help from the fiscal side. Uh, and the market, of course, interprets spending, whether it's uh, consumer or government spending, in a in a very good fashion. So uh, the Fed's not getting any help from the other side of the ledger here. But the Fed's not helping themselves by what, the, no. what they're saying. I mean, but, you know, the parade of Fed speakers out there trying to jawbone markets uh, – you know, the idea that you are going to tame inflation with a two and a half or three percent discount rate um, that's, you know, upwards of nine percent is, you know, almost as laughable as the idea that inflation wasn't going to emerge from shutting down the economy and injecting seven trillion into the system and then restarting everything the next day. Because because as we can all acknowledge, there's still a ton of cash sloshing around in the system. And as long as that cash is sloshing around in the system, inflation isn't going away. They have to tighten monetary I think policy. the most important thing to recognize here is that this dynamic and these feedback loops don't end up getting interrupted until there's uh, – a marked increase in unemployment, and that I th and a clearing of markets. and that doesn't probably happen until 2023 because you look at the private funded landscape. All those non-economic startups still have six months or nine months worth of cash left. All those people still have jobs, uh, and they're still buying Bitcoin. <laughs> and yeah. Like, so next week we so, get we get more inflation data, and yeah. that's going to be really important. I mean, you know, we're of the we're in the camp that you know don't be buying the junk. Stick to your guns. Uh, expect more volatility in the second half of the year in capital markets because as long as all, all the factors that are still in place that are going to keep inflation higher still in place, we don't think it's going anywhere. And the Fed has to deal with inflation. There's no way that they can just let inflation run wild uh, because it will become a – it'll get to the point where they won't have many tools to deal with it. So expect rates to go higher. Rates going higher means uh, monetary, you know, money gets tighter and higher rates and, and more layoffs. It's great for a certain segment of the market, and you know, indexes are going to evolve to reflect that that preference as those companies have a, a sustained competitive advantage with with a higher interest rate. It's all right. If you want to sign up for our e newsletter, go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, just send us an email and just let us know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list. When we come back, we're going to tackle some of your emails. If you want to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117. Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. KBND, Ben. 
At Washington Trust Bank, can't is a four-letter word. I think I'll sell my veggies at the market. You can't even remember to water the house plants. Hey, we need to build a home office. We can't. We're adding another bathroom. I think I'll study programming. Bro. You can't even connect your phone to Bluetooth. Whether you're looking for a personal line of credit to build a home office or a loan to take your business to the next level, we'll help you get there. Go to watrust.com to get started. Washington Trust Bank, member FDIC. Are you a renter? Do you know that for the price of a pizza, you can purchase insurance to protect your life's possessions? Your landlord's insurance won't cover your belongings in a fire or theft. Make sure to protect yourself and your valuables. Buy renter's insurance covers your belongings, provides liability protection, and may pay for additional living expenses such as hotel bills or restaurant meals if a covered loss forces you to temporarily move out. Renters insurance is affordable. It often costs less than $20 a month. Ask your insurance agent or company about multi-policy discounts when purchasing renters insurance. The Division of Financial Regulation has a shopping tool to help you compare renters insurance policies. Go to DFR oregon.gov and type renter's insurance into the search bar. Spending that pizza money on renter's insurance will protect you when you need it the most. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas-California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but... You like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. We live in a high desert wonderland. And you like to be outside. The Bend Factory stores have what you need. For the Central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save up to 70% every day. Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike, and Pendleton. And locals like Learning Express Toys, Runway Fashion Exchange, and Cascade Mattress and Bedroom Furniture. Shop with nothing in mind and find exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality. Make Bend Factory stores your back-to-school headquarters. We have something for everyone in the family. Carter's Babies and Kids Clothing, Rack Room Shoes, and Maurice's for back-to-school wardrobe staples. Plus, Columbia and Eddie Bauer to get you prepped with fall layers. Tuesday morning for dorm room essentials. And Runway Fashion Exchange can help clean out closets and pay you cash for gently used teen and young adult styles. Smart shoppers start at the Ben Factory stores, South Highway 97. Because everyone needs an outlet administration is now trying to redefine recession as it cannot define women as it tries to redefine education and everything else are we going to go along with this insanity ladies and gentlemen this self-aggrandizing self-promoting bs we're in a recession right now i've been telling you this for months as a matter of fact we're heading towards stagflation mark levin weekdays at three only on fm news 100 at 11 10 kbmd Listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get straightforward financial advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows by going to financialfocusradio.com or download our smartphone app today. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. Uh, we are back on we are back on iTunes, so uh, you can tell your friends and family if they listen. Uh, if they want to listen to us, they can listen to our show on iTunes. Just Josh. look for Financial Focus Radio on iTunes and also on Spotify and Spreaker if you use that. And you can get our show and or, or have anybody that you know of, uh, that might want to listen, listen. 
Uh, so uh, Allianz Life did a study um, of retire of, of just general investors, uh, and they said 65% of Americans are doing the exact opposite of what they should, what they're supposed to. Um, and so here, here's here's how they set it up. They said if your favorite store was offering 13% off of their merchandise, chances are you'd be filling up your shopping cart. Well, guess what? The S&P 500 is about 13% off. Uh, and, and so Allianz did this life, and they said. 65% of the people they surveyed are keeping more money than they should out of the market out of fear of losing money. Um, and, and so, you know, essentially two-thirds of Americans, instead of uh, adding money, especially when markets were down 22%, instead of adding money to the market, they were pulling money out of the market because they were worried that it was going to get worse. Uh, and so, you know, that especially if you're young, and when I say young, 50 years old or younger, uh, these kind of market events, you should be excited about them because, uh, you, you know, you're able to put money to work uh, with the stock prices lower and future returns higher. Uh, but two-thirds of people do the exact opposite. So two guys from the University of Chicago got uh, the Nobel uh, Prize in economics uh, for, for essentially saying that markets are efficient. But if 65% of people, investors, don't want to buy stocks when stocks are a good deal, how could markets be efficient? Of course, the answer to that is they are not. Embrace the uncertainty and take risk when everyone around you doesn't want to. So JP Morgan did a study, and they looked at a 20-year period ending December 31st of 2021, and they looked at the S&P 500. It returned 9.52% annualized over that 10 year or that 20 year period. If you take the 10 best trading days out of that period, your return drops to 5.33%. And guess what? This is the most important part of that. Over that period, seven of the market's best days occurred two weeks after the 10 worst days. So generally the best trading days happen really close to the worst trading days. And so guess what happened on, on the worst trading days? Well, people were capitulating you out there listening that capitulate in bad markets, you generally capitulate and sell when the news is the worst and markets are ripping lower. That's when people call up their advisor or they go on their Vanguard account or the Schwab account and say, this is going to get worse, and they sell. Well, guess what happens right around those days? Because all of the people that have sold are, are, are going to have sold. Markets, there's no more sellers, so markets rip higher. The best days happen very close to the worst days. And here's the stat I'll give you again. If you miss just 10 days in a 20-year period, your return gets cut in half. It's so important time in the market rather than timing the market uh, is the key to success as an investor. All right. Let's tackle some more questions. We got a really long email here uh, from a Robert D. Uh, and I'm not going to get through the whole thing. Essentially, he's trying to get at the difference between total return and income investing. Uh, good day, gentlemen. He's already thrown us off there with the gentleman, but a question for your radio show. While reading financial forums, I occasionally see a debate between total return and dividend investing. Uh, one comment made, a total, made by total return people uh, is to say dividends are not free money because the dividend reduces the NAV and the share price is reduced by the amount of the dividend, which is correct. My question is, would corporate bond interests be considered free money? To my knowledge, share price is not adjusted when paid but it doesn't reduce the NAV. So uh, also, so here, the question is, let, let's get to the difference between total return and dividend investing. So there is a school of thought amongst investors, retiree, retired investors specifically, and a lot of financial advisors, that you should look at investing from an income standpoint, meaning the income that your investment produces. So there's, there's income that it produces through dividends or uh, a coupon from a bond, and then there's total return. So the price appreciation plus the dividends gets you to your total return. But there's a lot of stocks out there that don't pay a dividend, all of Berkshire Hathaway, Amazon, and obviously owning Berkshire Hathaway and Amazon over time has pr produced unbelievably good returns. Uh, but they didn't pay a dividend as part of that return. Um, so, so here's the thing. Um, y you know, he's talking about NAV. I think of mutual funds versus versus the, yeah. the versus the dividend paid by a stock. Uh, the, the answer first part of your question, Bob uh, or Robert, sorry, is the the bond 
uh, coupon you get, the interest you get from a bond is contractually, there's a contractual contractual obligation. So you buy the bond for a certain price, let's say par is a, a thousand, uh, and they, there's a 5% coupon. You're con- they're contractually obligated to pay you that. You get the money back on the bond at the end of the period for which the bond you know matures at some future date. The bond's going to trade all over the place based on what uh, interest rates are doing. But by paying the, the interest on the bond, that has no impact on the price of the bond in terms of when the, the day it's paid. So it's a contractual obligation. That's, diff- that's what makes bonds different from stocks, that they're contractually obligated to give you a s- specific return as long as they don't default. So that has nothing to do uh, with the price of the bond. Um, you know, the dividend, uh, you know, the dividend on a stock it is on top of the total return from a performance standpoint. Uh, but you should never be buying an investment a stock investment based on its yield because generally if you're buying something based on yield uh you know if that's how they're attracting investment dollars it's probably not a good long-term investment look at AT&T we hear so many people oh AT&T's dividend yield it has been dead money including the dividend for 20 years it's the most indebted country, company in the history of the world uh and people love it because of its dividend yield but if you had invested in the S&P 500, you would have – and taken a withdrawal rate of let's say 4%, you would have trounced AT&T. It wouldn't have even been close the amount of money you would have gotten from just the S&P 500 uh, versus say AT&T. Um, and so we look at investing from a total return standpoint, not an in- income standpoint. When you start to focus on income or your advisor focuses on income, you're having to go pretty far down the quality chain to get income in a zero rate world like we're seeing I, today. I think another important thing, and I don't think you can have this conversation without sort of talking about the evolution of management and how manage managerial and i mean corporate managerial preferences have shifted from <laughs> paying dividends to actually buying back their own stock which is uh definitively proven to uh result in higher shareholder returns uh net of tax of course because you know depending on your holding period uh your dividend taxation is treated differently but that, that's beside the point my whole point is just that so many corporate management teams out there now actually prefer buybacks relative to dividend payments. Apple, oh, because it makes them look better. Too, yeah, because and because for share grow. And of course, remember, you know, beyond the financial engineering component, a lot of their compensation packages are actually tied to the share price itself, uh, not your net of tax return. So uh, that being said, I, you know, I think barring some legislative action, you're going to see continued uh, movement towards the buyback preference relative to dividend payments. Um, which, you know, again, puts a bigger onus on you as an investor to recognize uh, overall the, uh, you know, the outperformance of total return investing relative to income investing. And I think that's, you know, you see that reflected in so many of the premier companies today, which actually don't pay dividends. They instead buy back prolific amounts of their own share count instead. Yeah, but there's, I would argue, the only some of them are, are having to just, it's, they're not decreasing the share float because they're issuing. No, I mean a lot so of them do of because stock RCS, stock based yeah. compensation has become such a big thing too. A lot of but them I think can't the, avoid doing uh, it. The ultimate point for, from our perspective is that, you know, total return investing over time, you know, if you look at the data, is a much better approach whether you're retired or not mm-hmm. versus focusing on income because if you focus on income, your your ultimate return is not going to be nearly as good as if you focus on total return, which is capital appreciation plus the dividends if there is any. I mean the S&P 500 pays a dividend, just not a, a great one, but the most of its return comes from the capital appreciation. All right, if you'd be like to be part of the show, you can call us, 877-670-7117, or you can send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwalt.com. Click on the Contact Us button. When we come back, we're going to talk about some common retiree questions and answers to those uh, about retirement. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. 
smart speaker and say play k-back that's it clean static free sound no matter where you are use the new kbnd amazon skill with your echo or alexa or ziggy it's easy play k-back today i'll get a workout in at the fitness center tomorrow maybe some rafting on the deschutes river or i could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool it's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar. Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday. Sunday, read a book on the deck. And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one, two, or three-bedroom apartments with Cook's Kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free internet, covered parking, and... <laughs> My fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code TRIP for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code TRIP. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code TRIP for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code TRIP for a $5 bonus. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show, the truth in wealth building. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we are part of said team at Northwest Quadrant, and we appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. If you'd like to take either one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, uh, your portfolio, your retirement plan, your asset allocation, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get it scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can always send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, this comes from Barron's. Uh, $686, guess what that is? <laughs> it's the average monthly cost of a new U.S. car loan, which is oh, a record. I should have known that one. Um, guess what? 20% of new uh, home buyer, or new car buyers have a monthly cost of $1,000 or more on their car payment. Uh, and if you live here in Central Oregon, because I... Not surprising I, relative to the cost of cars now. I see you out there. Yeah, uh, the cars are the most expensive they've ever been. I see you out there on Lake Billy Chinook. Um, people now 
um, have 15 or 20 year loans on a boat. Well, isn't the average car loan 72 months now too? Yeah, which is just crazy to me. Uh, and so the Fed, I don't know if you're looking at this data, uh, but all of that uh, needs to change this behavior, this reckless behavior. This is what happens when you keep rates artificially low for too long. People go out and buy things that they cannot afford, but it also means the prices of those things rise uh, meteorically like we've seen. And so I don't know if the Fed needs to go back to uh, Econ 101 in, in freshman year of college to remember how prices work because they don't seem to understand when you increase the money supply by 40% in a year, the impact that has on prices. You should have refied your boat into a 15 back <laughs> yeah. in November. <laughs> no, I actually bought my boat. I didn't. Yeah. So anyways, this all, all of this behavior. I, I mean, I, the idea that you're going to take a, I mean, I remember when I bought my boat, the, you know, I, I paid for it and the lady was sort of confused and didn't, uh, she didn't know how to do the paperwork, <laughs> which was funny. She didn't see it. Wait, she was you, like, want, you want to buy it? You want to, I was like, well, isn't that what everybody's here to do? And she said the average loan was 15 years on a boat, which if you think about, this is a depreciating asset that you're taking a 15 year loan on, meaning it's essentially going to be worthless by the time you pay the thing off. I, I don't understand, but you know. I'm a, I'm a fuddy-duddy, I guess. Um, this comes from the Treasury Department. Each of the eight recessions that have occurred in the U.S. since 1969 have been preceded by an inverted yield curve, i.e. the two-year Treasury note exceeding the yield on the 10-year Treasury note. As of uh, Friday, 729, the, the two-year note has exceeded the 10-year note for 18 consecutive trading days. Make that, uh, let's see, 21 trading days now. Uh, the yield curve is very inverted. The bond market is telling us that uh, the recession, what well, we might already be in recession, but it's probably going to get worse. Well, they're pricing in a, the bond market's pricing in a policy error or of some version of it. Uh, this, is a, this is a big inversion. And uh, interestingly, it's not really spoken about on the financial news channels really at all. Well, uh, they did when it started, but that's old news. Yeah, now. it's no longer relevant. Okay, so. I, I thought we'd talk about this because, you know, we have a lot of uh, people that are getting thinking about retirement, uh, but we obviously have a lot of retired clients. We see the behavior of our retirees. Uh, and so there's a lot of um, common sort of questions that retirees have or pre-retirees have that we can answer for people. And so um, and I thought I'd just go through these really quickly. Uh, so. There's a there's a school of thought out there that people uh, need between 70 and 80 percent of their income that they had pre-retirement in retirement. Um, and is that gross uh, income uh, or pre So, So do you really need uh, 70 or 80%? The answer is no, you need 100% and maybe more than 100%. Think about what your life looks like uh, when you retire, you're young, you know, you're, you're able to spend money. You're relatively young. Uh, and when do you spend more money on a Saturday when you're working or on a Tuesday on a Tuesday? I don't spend any money because I'm in the office well, on Saturday. I'm out there spending. We should, That's retirement. We should also acknowledge like the trajectory of spend. I mean, you're going to need, uh, you know, greater than 1%, you know, greater than hundred percent of your current income in those first, in that first five year window, you know, we always talk about mm, break your life up into five year 10. increments. Uh, the next five are always going to be the best five. Uh, but you know, those first couple five year increments, you're probably going to spend more than you did while you were working. Uh, and then, you know, likely in the latter half of your seventies, it's going to trail off fairly significantly. And then of course, a large increase in spending uh, near end of life care. Yeah, so so don't don't go on that financial planning rule of thumb, seventy five percent replacement. You're going to need all of it. Uh, second one, is it okay to retire with just enough money to pay the bills to get by? Absolutely not. Being frugal, especially in retirement, isn't going to be fun. Uh, so if you're just you know, your retirement plan is just barely getting you by. That's a really bad retirement plan, especially if we have a bear market. Um, the other one is, you know, you hear this a lot, discretionary spend. What's discretionary spend? Discretionary spend is everything above your basics. So like you have your basic level of spend that you have to spend. Discretionary is everything above that. It's what makes retirement fun. Um, so Whatever you are, you know, dreaming of doing in retirement, traveling, hobbies, dining out, all that other stuff, that's the discretionary stuff. Um, but the other thing to know, helping your kids out is discretionary too. People uh, forget about discretionary being probably the biggest part of their spend 
in retirement. Uh, do you really need to keep a detailed retirement budget? I say no because it's always changing. You just have to have a really good idea about your fixed costs, knowing exactly what your fixed costs, but hopefully you know what those are. There's, you, know, you can go in your bank and see what those are. Um, the next one is does, does spending decline in retirement. Um, no, if you ask most of our clients that have been retired for 5, 10, 15 years, most of them haven't really de- – their spending hasn't really uh, declined um, you know, I mean, I talked to a client the other day, they've been retired for 12 years and they're still spending a hundred percent of what they were when they first retired because, you know, they're healthy and, and a lot of people, uh, you know, in retirement are healthy. Uh, is inflation a big deal for retirement retirees? Absolutely. When you think about a, a big chunk of what you're spending money on in retirement, healthcare costs is a big number and healthcare costs. We know over time, the rate of inflation for healthcare has been double. Uh, right now we're seeing deflation in healthcare relative to the rest of inflation, but you should expect inflation to be a, a big impact on your retirement. Um, uh, you hear these claims about do seniors really need three hundred thousand dollars for health care and retirement? Uh, I would tell you that you know if you especially if you're in Central Oregon, that's probably a conservative spend. Is is um, that that uh, what you're going to need for health care? Um, and then uh, when should you really be claiming Social Security? Sixty two or seventy? The later you can claim Social Security, the better. So think about think about this. The, the COLA for Social Security, the cost of living adjustment for Social Security is probably going to be 10% uh, next year. That's on top of the 8% that your ret- income is going to grow every year that you wait. The longer you can wait to take Social Security, the better off you're going to be because you're going to have a fixed payment from the, you know, backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. So we tell people, okay, you want to retire at 65, fine. Spend down your retirement assets to delay taking Social Security as long as possible because uh, I don't know where else you can get a guaranteed growth of your income of percent per year every year that you wait. All right. Uh, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short five or six minute video in the middle and end of every month. If you want to get added to that list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email and just say, add me to your e-newsletter list. When we come back, we're going to talk about Roth conversions in a bear market. Is it a good idea? Stick around. You'll find out. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five- to six-minute video helps you keep up with the market trends. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. 